Welcome to The Alamon Show. Here, we'll discover the success stories of local business trailblazers, where we discuss topics from marketing strategies to community engagement. You'll gain practical insights for your own venture. Join us weekly to celebrate and learn from our local entrepreneurial heroes. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and become a part of our growing community of business enthusiasts and entrepreneurs. Now, let's get started. How's the practice? Very good. Awesome. Practice is going well. Awesome. Um, right now, what is taking up most of my time is on the 16th, mm-hmm. I'm doing a TED Talk. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness. And as like, you know how they say, like, if you think about it and like yeah. say it, yeah. then it's going to come to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. I last year I had met a friend and I was like, oh, you know, it'd be cool to do that. And I'd mentioned it and then the universe got said, nominated. All right, girl, yeah. <laughs> and when I heard that I was going to do it, I was like, oh my gosh, excited, nervous, mm-hmm. but now definitely nervous. Okay. <laughs> now that it's like, because <laughs> it's two weeks away. away. Yeah. So, Congratulations. um, that's exciting. Where's it going to be held? Where's the TED Talk? It is in Wilmington, Delaware. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. There's like a health and wellness salon there. So you have and some distance to get nervous on the way over there. Yeah. I think I'm going to go a night before. Yeah. And then it's on the next evening. Okay. So hopefully it'll yeah, work out. have time to breathe. But yeah, so like people ask me about practice, but my this year's like goal has been to like develop the teaching, the the like the impact community impact or like the professional impact tell me a little bit about that what do you mean um so i felt like you know we i had my baby mm-hmm. then covid yeah and then people were just like in like that survival kind of mode yeah. and i was in the same way like balancing being a mom being a dentist being a business owner and i kind of just felt like i was in such a i don't know like a bubble where I was just protecting my feelings, protecting people's feelings, protecting my patients, protecting, you know. But I feel like this year I was like, I can do all that, but I should also work on growth and not just in like the hunker down and let's survive type mode. And one of the things that I used to do quite a bit, and I know we met first because of it, is um, I used to do a lot of like teaching lectures at children's hospital in the community and everything. And I kind of felt like I had gotten away from it in the past few years. So 2023, I was like, 2023 stress-free yeah, <laughs> and uh, growth. Yeah. And so I said, you know, um, I'm going to go back to teaching. I'm going to actually... Does that make you excited? Very much. It makes me... Every time you say teaching, you're like, I'm going back to teaching. <laughs> I know. I know. And I, I think that there are a few things that sometimes that come off like so naturally, even like people who are like meeting me after such a long time and they're like, that's what you want to talk about? I thought you were talking about your business, right? But I feel like that is so intertwined. Like I feel like my business was, the reason I had to open my business, I feel, is because I felt like what I was offering, there was not a space for it in other practices. And I had worked in other practices before, but I was catering to moms and special needs patients and newborns and stuff. And that just doesn't fit in the, like a traditional dental 
thought process, right? Yeah. So people don't expect that they'll go to a pediatric practice and they'll actually see babies like before teeth come in. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, cleaning and fluoride is not our practice philosophy. It's more about like education, experience and all that. So I kind of felt like I had to open my business for that. But then the other part was education of parents and experience. Explain to the audiences listening right now, what is it exactly that you do? Because ah, ah, I know. <laughs> I am a pediatric laser dentist. So um, I provide like specialized care. It's, you know, more than just cleanings and fillings and things. It's about overall help, like comprehensive care. And we take care of babies as young as babies two weeks old. No teeth. no teeth. And who are having feeding difficulties. Okay. And um, I take care of, I mean, we evaluate mouth function. We evaluate um, whether they have good suck, swallow, breathe technique. Are they able to feed well, whether it's on mom or baby? Mm-hmm. So that's like out of the three major things that our practice like specializes in, that's like a one big chunk. The other thing that we do in our practice is a um, care for special needs patients. So some of these patients, and especially in like COVID, it became very, very apparent how our community is kind of lacking in those resources to give help to patients that might need that additional help, not just every six months go get a cleaning done, get your little token and come home. It's those kids that actually parents have a hard time getting inside the mouth. Those kids need a little bit more help um, getting to the dental chair at least once a week. I have done some cleanings right on the floor. Yeah. Or in the play area. You them where they're at. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And that's not possible in like a traditional practice easily, you know? Yeah. And then the third is the toddlers, the babies that have teeth, but they're just like pre-cooperative. Like they're just not ready to just go and come. They need a little extra time. They need extra toys and like familiarity. They need to feel like they came to a familiar, non-threatening place. So younger kids, special needs patients, and moms with babies. I think adults need that too, by the way. (laughs) You are right. You are right. And so many times parents say, do you see babies or you see adults also? And I'm like, I see only real children. Yeah. Not all of us who want to be children all our lives, right? So, yeah. Now, you said laser dentistry. What does laser dentistry, like, consist of? Consist. Okay. So laser dentistry is, like, um, is the type of dentistry that does not focus on using the handpiece, the drill that we think about. It's a um, technology. I think it is... At this point, 25, 30 years old, it's started out with other industries. You know, everybody thinks about LASIK. Yeah. It's similar, but um, it's dental um, wavelength that works on teeth and soft tissue of the mouth. So that way, when kids have cavities, they don't have to get that, you know, the dreaded shot. Yes. The dreaded shot, <laughs> the dreaded drill. So when a child, um, you know, has a filling that has a cavity that needs a filling, the biggest first question is how is he, how are they going to, you know, tolerate that? Yeah. And when I can look at a child and say, it's not going to be a shot. Yeah. Right there. Yes, right there. I see the difference in 
they're like, okay, yeah. I can handle this. So that's the biggest thing. The fact that it allows me to take care of soft and hard tissues is another thing because, you know, sometimes we think of anything that is outside of teeth. You need to go to um, the hospital or the surgeon or, um, you know, like an ENT or something. However, it's inside the mouth. So the dentists have the most um, training and education about like the function of the mouth. Yeah. So being able to offer that in a familiar place to my patients, um, non-threatening, not mm -hmm. in a hospital, yeah. has been... What are some of those popular things that you treat? Oh, mouth that's not lip and tongue tie. Um, you know, it's um, the connection between the upper lip to the upper jaw or the tongue to the floor, the floor of the mouth. The connection is called a frenulum. And when that frenulum is too tight or too thick or too strong, restrictive, you can't use your mouth and your tongue really well. And what happens is it, the impact of it can start as early as infancy. So difficulty with feeding, breastfeeding, bottle feeding. Um, as they grow older, difficulty with, you know, textured foods. Chicken nuggets are okay, but grilled chicken is harder, yeah. those type of kids, you know? Yeah. Um, and then um, as that tightness or restriction continues, there's clarity of speech concerns, those kids can have more cavities. And most importantly, in the last 10 years, we have found out that not being able to have a good posture in your mouth can lead to sleep disturbances. Mm. And so bedwetting, night waking, mouth breathing, snoring, all of these things it's can crazy. be crazy. It's all connected it's together, all right? Connected. And so having the ability to help it early on has been such a fulfilling part. And why did you even why did you even get into it? This specific. I know you touched yeah. on a little bit, but Yeah. And I don't talk about this often enough, but you know, I use I was um a dentist and then I specialized in pediatrics. And then um, I was introduced to lasers mm -hmm. as a modality of doing treatment. And I used to provide the care. <laughs> Being a type A personality, you always want to make sure. So you go to school and you go to the specialty, but then you're like, I, that technology, and I might be dating myself, was newer when I first started practicing, right? So I did all of those, that education and I would provide care. But when it really hit home, was when I had my baby and he was having feeding difficulties. Mm -hmm. And um, as a doctor, you felt like I should know how to do this better, right? Am I doing this right? And um, he had like the hardest time. I mean, he lost more close to 10% of his birth weight. He had to be observed. Um, even at like two week checkup, he did not meet his birth weight again. And that became a problem. And then um, the lactation consultant was the first one that kind of reminded me, don't you, um, are you Dr. Rashida Jaju? Don't we send these babies to you? <laughs> You're like, uh, maybe. And, you know, honestly, I was like so vulnerable, like so postpartum, so like hesitant, right? As a first time mom, late bloomer, I'm like all types of external and internal judgment, right? Yeah. And I was like, I don't, don't call me doctor. I don't know anything. Just tell me. <laughs> and tell me what I need to do. 
And she was just like, these are the babies we sent to you. Do you think he has a lip or tongue tie? And like my heart dropped, but I was feeling like such a... <sighs> yeah. And I go, I take him to my office and I almost, I kind of had to like wear my gloves and wear my jacket to kind of feel like I'm doing a professional evaluation. And he had all the signs of lip and tongue tie. And I'm like, I've been practicing on everybody else. And I was so busy being like this mom that was failing at being a mom or failing at feeding my baby. No one had even checked inside his mouth. I took a look. We found out that there were all the signs of a lip and tongue tie for him, right? And then um, I take care of him and I work closely with the lactation consultant. And within like a week or so, he's doing better. Every time before, any time that would happen, everybody, but he looks okay. And, um, you know, he just doesn't like feeding on you. Thanks, Sally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it would like be like a stab in my heart, right? Like, I'm like, I'm trying so hard here. And the whole, like, it's like the feeling of rejection, right? And of course, it was more emotional at that point. And like, now when I'm talking about it, it kind of like, I relive that a little bit. But Sorry, um, PTSD. No, I know. <laughs> but, um, but when he started doing better, and like now as I'm like coming out of that, like, that is my biggest mission because I'm like, I was a mom that kind of had the resources. I kind of knew about it, but because it wasn't something that the doctor said, like the day that they said, we need to take him away for observation, like, but why? Right? Nobody said that. So now I feel like it's, if I'm going to make an impact in the community, it's going to be Let's bring this up. Like, let's make it so that doctors have the science, the families have the science that talk about, okay, one in 20 babies has this. Okay. It's one of the more minor things that we can do compared to all the other things that newborns can have. So I understand like doctors have a lot to kind of worry about in newborn care. But if there is a mom that is having a hard time with feeding her baby, Instead of going in like the consoling part of being a doctor, we need to go in a little bit more of an investigative part, right? Like give that mom some timeline, give her some resources to look into why is this hard or is this truly going to be transient? You know, give her the right thing. Just don't be like, oh, it happens, you know, don't make it so that like breastfeeding pain, slow weight gain, crying baby. You know, when a baby fees feeding, we it's it should be good, right? Like it should feel good. And that's what I was told. But when it's not, you're almost like, what's wrong here? Like, am I doing something right? Versus really figuring out, is there something wrong? Because, you know, like as a new time, or not even first time mom, but just as a mom period for the first time for this baby, right? Right. Like, Every time is a you new feel baby. like this is your, or at least I felt like, my one mission right now that the baby is here yeah. is to feed this baby. And yeah. I can't even do that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Like, and as a, as, and I mean, I already had my practice by that time. As a business owner, when you take like that, I want to be able to have, be at a good place as a professional to be able to take my time as maternity leave. Yeah. And majority of the parents on maternity leave, you know, in their mind, they have, I want to make sure my baby thrives. 
I want to make sure my baby's happy, growing well. And when that is not happening, I was on a quest. I was on a mission to find out how I can be a good mom for this baby. And, you know, having him had been a long road. I mean, it was IVF injections and all of that. And every time I would feed him, it was sharper pain than the pesky IVF injections. Yeah. Right? But you don't want to say anything about it, right? You want to be like, well, you know, this is my duty. Yeah. As you're like holding back tears. As I, <laughs> right. But at, the, but at the same time, like I feel like if those tears at that time or holding that like pain at that time led to, okay, at least he's doing okay. Yeah. That would have been even okay, right? But like when you say like he's, he doesn't like feeding on you yeah. or anyway. I I just kind of felt like, yeah, Yeah. that was, that was like such a failure type emotion. And then to see how, how different it was, um, that has made it so that I'm like, you know what, if I was really going to make an impact, I feel like being able to get this knowledge out there to other moms is going to be such a bigger, almost like a impact. I know, but I feel like impact as well as um, like it's it's going to be life changing yeah. for so many moms because I still remember. I mean, years later, the frustrations, right? Yeah. So it's going to build memories for people, and um, majority of my patients that I see continue to see. You know, as my kids that I'm treating them now, like eleven, twelve, thirteen, and. I saw them as babies, yeah. right? And um, moms and I talk about it. We still talk about it as if it was yesterday. Yeah. Even them, Please, like thousands on you, yeah. right? Thousands of stories, right? Thousands of moms, thousands over the last fifteen years. Yeah. I feel like we have known each other for yeah, I was a say, decade. <laughs> so, over the last fifteen years, like thousands and thousands of time, but it. You do this, and then you kind of think that that's a part of your life. And then every time, every time we go somewhere, we say something, and I say I do this, someone or the other would be like, I know someone, or someone in my family, or someone in my neighborhood. So I feel like that is something that is not discussed enough. And so this is the year, and you were helping me do this. I didn't know if this was going to go that way, the conversation, but... No, that's fun. Okay, so then let's bring it back to, like, okay, you're doing a TED Talk. Mm -hmm. You're doing... You're focusing on teaching Teaching. and Mm -hmm. creating resources for... Other providers. And providers Mm -hmm. and everybody of the sorts. In terms of, like, five, ten years, if you're looking out, where do you see yourself in five, ten years, personally as well as professionally? Great question. You know, um, I want to be able to, I want to say that I will have grown my teaching part of the practice. Um, right now we have few doctors bring their team to our practice to learn how we're doing this. I definitely want to grow the babies and infants side of the practice because I feel like that's where it's lacking. Like not all doctors do it uh, versus the dentistry portion. And then um, I want to be able to have more doctors within the practice so that I can do more of these type of things. Yeah. So speaking, talking, um, 
doing a little bit more than everyday things, but then I definitely want to continue doing dentistry as well. So that's where I see. No, that's cool. Um, and then in terms of marketing, can you tell me a little bit about how you got started? Oh yeah. What's been like your favorite marketing strategies, not just for your specific practice, but just overall? Yeah. So, um, it's great a question because I feel like I did not know much about marketing and things like that when I opened my practice, right? My practice was um, like a work of labor, but most of my patients came from word of mouth. And even today, if you look at um, majority of the patients and we ask every single patient, how did you hear about us and everything? It's not like social media and um Google or whatever. It is my doctor told me to come to you or my lactation consultant told me to come to you. Speech pathologist told me to come to you. My neighbor told me to come to you. So word of mouth. And what I ha I feel like what I've done mainly is network. Mm -hmm. And the network connection with almost like the the team in the community has been my biggest marketing as well as um uh yeah, marketing, biggest marketing. Yeah. So they have direct communication with our practice. When they send a patient, they are able to say, go here, they will tell you to do this, this is how I'll support you. And I think parents like that. Um, parents have been able to feel that they are going for a specific concern and we will be able to guide them through the process versus feeling overwhelmed when you go to a hospital or like a place. So my biggest, and, and I, I mean, anybody that is interested or want to learn from our talk today, I would say creating community connections, building a team, building a tribe, not only in your own um, field, like, of course, I market it to the general dentists, right? Like other dentists in the area. But majority of the times, um, the general dentists knew to send me patients that were difficulty having difficulty in their practice. So I would I was getting like a skewed population, and I'm a resource for that. But I don't think that that I would say twenty percent of the patients require that specialized care, and that would not be as a business owner the only survival thing. You have to market to the other outside of dental. So daycare providers, I feel like, were the other, the nurses in the daycares, um, schools in the areas. We did screenings and we, um, my team would help me do, you know, dental awareness months and stuff like that. But still the biggest impact from, on, onto my practice was from my own connections and network building. That's great. And you're just amping that up more now that you're going to be doing a lot more teachings and educational and that's true yeah no yeah. that's wonderful um before i wrap this up tell me what you actually do for fun <sighs> travel tell me about that we have traveled all over the world except antarctica but even even with with my son even when he was a toddler and everything we have traveled a lot so um, this year is going to be the 20th anniversary. And last year, we decided we we're going to do 20 things. Oh, nice. Small and big 20th trips. 20th anniversary of what? 
of wedding, wedding oh. anniversary. Oh, okay. So my husband and I love traveling. Um, and two of us take trips together. Um, and then we were kind of worried, like, when, when I, once I had my son, like, how would he do? But he's done well, too. If we're going somewhere, Mama, it's going to be one plane or two planes. Yeah. <laughs> And he like how he knows how far I know exactly one plane or two planes, and then he also, you know, has figured something out. And um, you know, is it going to be sitting like this or sitting like this? (laughs) (laughs) Fancy are we getting? I know how fancy. And then when he asked that, my husband and I looked at it and was like, "He's processing. We better not do that." Yeah. (laughs) This cannot be as normal. So, um, yeah. So I love traveling, planning for my travels, making sure um, that we are, um, you know, trying to get the best of, like, enjoying the locations we're going to. That's amazing. No, I love that. That's my biggest thing. Um, And then if you had to share one message with the world or anything else we didn't touch on specifically, what would that be? So I'd leave you with this one thing. Weight gain is not the only defining symptom of a feeding difficulty. If you see a mom that is having more feeds that are a struggle than an enjoyable experience, we can free up moms from guilt and make the biggest impact on their baby's life by reminding her to have their baby's mouth looked at. Take away the judgment from her and make sure we are evaluating the baby. You can probably change their life from thinking always about, am I doing this right? To, I think my baby is healthy. That's awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Alamon Show. If you are a business owner, you are in the Northern Virginia area, or you're willing to come out and visit us here in our Leesburg studio, and you've been in business for at least five years, I invite you to apply or nominate a guest for an upcoming show. Go to alamonphotography.com and click on podcast, where you'll find a link to nominate a guest. And thanks as always for listening.